today on Capitol Hill with Congressman Dave Reichert, who represents the 8th Congressional District of Washington, just east of Seattle. ESCA members best know Congressman Reichert as the lead House Republican sponsor of legislation to create more ESOPs. In September, Congressman Reichert announced that this would be his last term in Congress after serving since 2005. We appreciate this time to visit with you. First, Congressman Reichert, could you tell us why this felt like the right time to conclude your time in Congress, and what is next in store for you? Well, this was a very difficult decision uh, to come to. Um, been thinking about it for a, um, you know a year or so prior to my announcement, and you kind of arrive at this place uh, over a period of time. It just doesn't all hit you all of a sudden hit you one day, and then you, you know you figured out you're leaving. So I announced last September, and, and really, when I look back over my life, uh, I have had a um, profession where uh, my time away from home was substantial. And uh, it seemed as though it were getting more and more, uh, less and less time with my family. And so I, I finally, as a result of traveling back and forth every week on the airplane and the hectic schedule of Congress in Washington, D.C. and back home, I just felt like it was time to uh, slow down uh, the pace a little bit and spend more time with my grandkids and my kids. I have three kids and six grandchildren. That sounds lovely. So our ESCA members know that you have a unique background for a legislator having served many years as sheriff in King County. How has your law enforcement background impacted your work in Washington, D.C.? Uh, so that's, uh, it actually was a question I was asked when I first announced my run for Congress in 2004. People in uh, the Washington area, Seattle, uh, Washington area, uh, asked the question, well, how, you know, what kind of a congressman are you going to be? Your only experience is 33 years in law enforcement. Well, um, I explained how that could be beneficial, and it's turned out to be true. The ability to talk with people and visit with people at every different level. I've been to the poorest of the poorest homes, the wealthiest of the wealthiest. And problems um, span you know, that, that whole economic spectrum. Some of them are the same. But everybody uh, you know, deals with issues. And the ability to, to communicate with a wide variety of people, both uh, in, in uh, you know, their differences in econ uh, their economic status and also ethnicity and religion and um, their, um, just their, their station in life uh, has been a huge asset here. The ability to, to care and, and be compassionate, I think, are things that sometimes are, are missing here in Washington, D.C., and I've tried to bring that from Washington State, from my law enforcement experience. Um, so I like to call it serving with the heart of a servant. Well, you certainly have on the powerful and prestigious Ways and Means Committee, which has jurisdiction over so many important issues like tax, health care, trade, and social security. Can you tell us what some of your most favorite memories and accomplishments from your time on the committee are? Well, I, I would have to say, um, although the tax law, of course, is the, like the uh, um, ultimate... <laughs> Right, so it's been since uh, what 35 years since we've had a tax uh, reform, and uh, for eight years we've been beating our head against the wall here in the Ways and Means Committee, and finally, 
uh, tax reform law was passed and there'll be more tax bills coming. But from the, the perspective of just being a human being uh, on this earth, I think that uh, the, the one of the things that I can point to the, the most that's sort of a, uh, a bill that's been um, under the radar uh, is our foster care human trafficking bill. And that ties in with, of course, my experience in the sheriff's office and being the lead detective in the Green River serial murder case and finally solving it 19 years later. And, uh, and so I have a passion for trying to help young people and foster care uh, was one way that we could do that to make sure that kids were adopted, that they got a stable home environment so they could be educated um, and have a future and uh, maybe one day end up working for an employee-owned business somewhere. <laughs> that was a great segue. I was going to make that one. If you had not made that segue, thank you. No, absolutely. We hope many of them will. And on behalf of ESCA and thousands of employee owners across America, we're grateful for your leadership in introducing SESOP legislation every Congress since 2011. Your bill would make it easier for more business owners to transition to employee ownership and turn their employees into employee owners, saving for retirement through their ESOP. Can you tell us what about employee ownership speaks most to you and has inspired your work on behalf of ESOPs? Well, I think one of the most important things we can do as members of Congress is to visit places to see the actual impact and effect of legislation and or policies or, or um, practices that have been uh, implemented uh, in your community, and then you end up supporting it even more through legislation. So as I visited employee-owned uh, businesses, uh, there is a difference. And I know the people who work for those businesses know that there is a difference, and that is you have ownership. Uh, I'm not telling anybody listening to this broadcast anything new, but uh, you have ownership. And when you have ownership, it's like owning your own car, owning your own uh, house, you have pride in the success of your family. You have pride um, uh, in the success of the business. And the business, uh, your fellow owners, uh, fellow employees um, become like family. And I could see that in the smiles uh, in the businesses. You could see the enthusiasm. Uh, and you could see the commitment to uh, going to the next level. Because there wasn't just an attitude of, I'm going to come in and do my eight hours and be satisfied with doing the minimal effort. But there was always, to me, seemed to be an energy and a desire to go beyond that. We like to say that your bill is one of the most bipartisan tax bills that's been introduced each Congress. Why do you think employee ownership broadly appeals to members of Congress across the political spectrum? I, I, I think for, for the reasons that I just explained, I think that... Uh, Members on both sides of the aisle, having visited uh, those businesses, can't help but notice the differences. And, uh, and I think also, um, when you look at the state of Social Security, uh, for example, and the dependence that some people have strictly on Social Security and their lack of foresight to see the need to save, uh, ESOPs provide that opportunity for the future as you're working today. And so I think there's so much to, that, that appeals to um, their constituents that the members can't help but notice that. 
We are going to miss you tremendously next Congress. Um, we hope we're going to work with your staff to see if you can join us at our annual conference this September, where all of our ESCA members would like to honor you for your efforts to promote the American dream at work. Well, I always enjoy being with you guys, so um, I don't need and you know you to honor me. It's just uh, it, you know I just want to help. So, thank you so much. Yep, thank you. Thank you.